On today's episode of EPR, we give our shout outs. Laura asks Nick a question about how he got started in his Kniefer career. And we interview Asti Davis to discuss her work on environmental justice in Louisiana. And she tells us what it's like when your family asks you for legal advice. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Go ahead and hit the music. Right, let's get started with our shout outs for day. First one is for Carrie Chastine with the local LA chapter, recipient of a 2020 Los Angeles Conservancy Preservation Award for a project that documented 54 parks, golf courses, and boreas. You almost got it. You almost got it. For Los Angeles County. How am I supposed to say that word? I don't. That's a arboretta. Arboretta. Thank you. Whew. Anyway. <laughs> Next up, Courtney Arenas for her work with the NAP and helping us put together a partnership with Esri. We were super excited about that. Stay tuned for some Esri partnership on lots of our endeavors, including webinars and this podcast. And then also to Courtney for her new job, which actually happened a little bit ago, but we're going to have a shout out anyway, to Principal Environmental Scientist with Gannett Fleming. Be sure to check out all that NAP offers on the website and we want to let you know that we do have a leadership blog if you're not familiar with. So head over to naep.org and check that out. And if you would like to sponsor a future episode of our podcast, please go to environmentalprofessionalsradio.com and fill out the sponsor form. This is EPR. Hey, Nick, I have a question for you. Hey, all right, Laura, looking forward to it. <laughs> Surprising, right? Yeah. So <laughs> as we've been talking and getting to know each other a little bit better, I realize I really don't know what you do for work. And right. I think I'm getting more of a clearer picture that you do a lot of stuff with NEPA. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, how did you get started in that? And, you know, what do you do? I know you get to travel or used to. So yeah, right. Back in the before time. Yeah, sure. So I had this, it really honestly started with college. I, I had a, an epiphany, you know, like I, my mom literally told me, she's like, Hey, you need, like, why didn't you do biology as a degree? And I'd been doing psychology and you know, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, she's totally right. And I, I really should have done that. And Wait, back and, up. Why'd you pick psychology, you said? Well, you know, uh, the reason I did was because I did all the intro classes. I just had no idea what I wanted to do, right? Okay. And, yeah, I think uh, that's how a lot of people end up in psych. Really. Right. Well, well, the best part is like, I was like, okay, well, whoever gives me the best argument and find, has the most interesting classes, that's what I'll take, right? right? Without, you know, thinking through all the way that, of course, psychologists are going to be really good at... Uh, <laughs> understanding that, you know, how to relate to other people. And so I just kind of latched on to that. And there's a lot of really great, great concepts that, that come out of it, you know, a lot of learning a lot about how people work and social dynamics and stuff like that. Uh, it's invaluable information, you know, but like for a career, like you'd have to go to grad school for that, for, for what I would want to do anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I found it really interesting, but my passion's always been, you know, the natural environment. And, in, you know, it's just a, you know, you know, one question really changed my mom. Why didn't you do that? Funny how that happens. <laughs> and yeah, because I think I just, you know, I think we talked about like being in college too young. I, I just really didn't want to, I didn't know. I really wish I'd, I'd taken a year off, but I don't know if that would have gone back. So in some ways it worked out, you know, so I just did the yeah. biology path, but my timing wasn't great. And so I came out in 2009, you know, right, I went in 07, out in 09, and right in the middle was the Great Recession. So yeah, not a good time. <laughs> not a great time. And I had to kind of reevaluate what I wanted to do. And my first job I actually took in DC area and working with NEPA. And I honestly just 
I needed a job and I needed something and this was close enough to my field. They were willing to hire me. And I don't know, it kind of stuck. I just, I've really <laughs> enjoyed it. Like, it's just perfect for me. One of my favorite parts about NEPA is it's different every time, you know? And that means that there's always a new challenge. There's always a new avenue to explore, new people to meet. And I love the idea of traveling. It's something that we've, you know, since I was a little kid, you know, like, yeah. I didn't grow up with a ton of money. It's not like we could just go take vacations wherever, but we would always drive, you know, we'd camp across the country and back, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> My family was the same, except we yeah. went to where you live. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so, you know, we just loved it and it was, it was such a really, I don't know, uh, formative experience. And so. But does NEPA, everyone who does NEPA travel? It depends, you know, it depends on who you work for and what, I guess, both from a client standpoint and from a company standpoint, right? Like I work with the DOD mostly in DHS and a lot of those installations are all over the country, right? And so each one of them will need different NEPA, will have different NEPA requirements at different times of the year. And so you've got to, or, you know, even over decades. And so you've got to be flexible. You got to say, okay, well, I can do Air Force NEPA, for example, anywhere in the world that they mm-hmm. need that done. And so that's kind of how that works for our side of things. If you're in California and you're doing, you know, State agency projects, uh, you know, CEQA is pretty, being well-versed in that is really, really important. And you have to understand the dynamics of what's going on in California too. So it's... And so is that just people, the state delegated version of the same regulation? The, yeah, in some ways, yes. I mean, it's, it, CEQA is, is more kind of like a beefed up NEPA. It's got a, you know, the simplest way to look at it is, I mean, it really is. Like <laughs> I'm the, picturing, of course, California, I'm picturing like the Schwarzenegger version of right, NEPA. <laughs> right, right. Yes, it's the, yeah, the, the Schwarzenegger version of NEPA. But, you know, it's... Oh, come it's, on, it's, I was like giving you want me, me the, the intro. Voice, right? Yes, yeah. I did. I come was on, giving you the intro to do it. It's <laughs> the, NEPA. It's NEPA for... This will get me filed. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the uh, and now of course I lost my train of thought. Right, that's a Arnold does <laughs> that's the Brown. Yeah, but yeah, that's my party trick, folks. That's my party trick. But it really is. It's, it's so like air quality is the real example you want to look at. Like if you want to see the difference between CEQA and NEPA, they're just the requirements for air quality are much higher for the state of California for obvious reasons. Right, they've had a significant air quality issue for a long time, and they, that's how they combat it is True. with you know CEQA, making sure you're following those, those protocols. You know, and like our like I say, like but. You know, some people may focus specifically on one state because, you know, CEQA is really complicated and nuanced. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to do it justice talking about it here. But like some people will just focus on one state. Some people will focus on a region, you know, like the you know Southwest or what have you. And it, so it really just depends. You know, a lot of what we do from an agency standpoint is the same, right? You know, the same rules, rec- requirements, regardless of where you are. And I think the more global we get, the more that we, I mean, even this pandemic has taught us that you can work from anywhere to do anything, Right. And so that's kind of the mentality some agencies will take. It's like, okay, it doesn't really matter if you're from here, as long as you, but if you understand the regulations for the Air Force, we want you as an expert in those regulations to do Air Force projects. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how my thing works. A lot of people will do transportation NEPA, which is very regionally specific. And so that's much more, you know, people will work on state and it's not necessarily always the case because there are large transmission projects, but to get those things done, those are usually more local. So you are talking about, you need to be an expert in the regulations and all that. How did you get hired out of school, your <laughs> first job to do something that, cause I get, you know, this is a, a very popular question amongst job seekers is how right. do I get 
experience with regulations because they read the job descriptions and they're like, I can't do this and no no one's going to hire me. So then they scare themselves out of applying for the jobs to begin with. How did you get over that? Do that? I was desperate. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, this is honestly, and I'm not at it. This is you. Laura does not know this. This was not planned, but Carol Sneed actually really helped me get my job. And for those of you who don't know, she is on our board running our chapters uh, group now. <laughs> Yay, Carol. And she's fantastic. And she just so happens to be the aunt of my best friend. And, uh, <laughs> and networking. so I had, right? it's networking. networking, it's networking. And you got to tell I, everybody you're looking for a job, not just strangers. Not, yes. Not just strangers. Yeah. And so the funny thing is the full story is really, I found this job. Right. And and through LinkedIn, I got an interview, which again, it does not happen to everybody, but it did happen for me. It does happen. Yes. And so I did the interview. I did well. And then Carol went to the NAEP conference in Atlanta with my future boss. And she said to him, you better hire Nick. He's great. (laughs) And that was it, you know? And yeah. And so that's really what got me started. And it was really, really fortunate. And I'm really, really thankful for it. Right. So what I heard was all you people out there trying to desperately find where you can learn regulations, put that energy and effort towards networking. Yeah. Some of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my first boss, such a meticulous, really smart, really smart guy. And he taught me so much. And there's a lot you can learn doing that and having a really good mentor. And yeah, so that really was very helpful for me starting out. Awesome. That's a good story. You are listening to EPR. All right. I'm so excited to have Asti Davis here with us today. She and I met a while back now. (laughs) It's been, and I'm so curious to hear what you're doing now and what you've been up to. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Asti Davis. I am a Baton Rouge, Louisiana native, and I attended Loyola Law School So I'm certified in environmental law. I also attended Dillard University, which is an HBCU in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got my start in in my interest and my passion for environmentalism. And yeah, so I've been just right now work for Foundation for Louisiana, which is a black led social justice philanthropy organization. And I'm working in the climate justice program as the network engagement manager. And so that's been really super rewarding and great to be working in the field because it was (laughs) a challenge. Yeah. So how's that going? I know when we talked before, it was like right before you started that and you're a little bit nervous about getting your feet wet doing that. How's it been? It's been really great learning philanthropy was something totally different for me, but it also, because we are like an inter, we're like a philanthropy intermediary where we, you know, stand between like huge funders and small nonprofits. So we're able to touch the ground and get that grassroots, you know, back to my roots of, you know, doing that grassroots organizing. It's so rewarding to be able to engage with those people, help fund their wonderful work, you know, and just be able to watch, you know, a bunch of different organizations, not just, you know, what your small organization is doing, but be able to see, you know, a huge overview basically of what's going on here in Louisiana. Awesome. Do you have any favorite projects yet? Well, right now I'm working on 
turning, we have a leadership advocacy and education development program. It's called Lead the Coast. And so I'm turning that into a virtual program. And so typically we engage residents and just teach like climate 101, advocacy 101. And so now I'm turning it to virtual because of, (laughs) you know, everything that's going on. And so it's like a favorite, but it's also stressful (laughs) to be doing that. But yeah. I'm excited to see how everything turns out. And, you know, I'm excited to see the lessons, too. I'm one of those people. Like, I'm like, okay, I want to get this done so I can look back and say, all right, I want to do this better. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Do you find that, you know, I said it's for the residents. Are you getting a lot of young people or what kind of people are you getting involved? Yeah, so it's been a mix. What we had in our demographics for before, we've graduated over 125 people from this program before before I started working on it. And so what we saw was that it was mostly older people engaged. And so I have been trying to get younger people engaged by doing more social media advertising Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, reach out to some college organizations. And so, yeah, it's been a good mix of age ranges in the people that's been showing interest lately. Cool. So we like to ask people about not only their work, but things they do for fun. And right. no, I, I hear that you like to do karaoke. I love karaoke. <laughs> probably <laughs> too much. So and great. probably one of those car karaoke people more than anything. You know, oh, you yeah. think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all think we sound good with the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Are, so are you brave enough to do it? Like at a karaoke night in public? I have to like muster up the courage, you know, a little bit. But I always start with like a fun, funny song, you know, and. (laughs) What's your go to? What's one? What's your song? One of my fun, funny songs is the thong song because it doesn't really require (laughs) that much singing, you know. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it always gets everybody like clapping and, you know, everybody knows the words. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, one word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, Asti, you got your Juris Doctorate from Loyola University. And what was your plan? Why did you go for that? What are you going to do with it? So I went to law school with a plan of working in environmental policy. I actually had met a bunch of people who went to law school and were not practicing law. and But they were t- telling me about how it had prepared them to do their jobs. You know, it means a lot to know how to read different pieces of legislation and read laws and interpret laws and understand what you and your company can do around the law. You know, that's that's the job of a lawyer, right? To know what you can do around the law. And so I got into law school and kind of got on the the path, you know, you should do this. This is what everyone does. You know, everyone (laughs) goes and practices at a firm. And so I got a little caught up in wanting to pass the bar. And I didn't when I took it. And so I was a little bummed. And I kind of had to recenter, like, why did you do this? Did you do this to be at a firm, uptight law? That wasn't me anyway. And so once I recentered, I realized I was always on the ground, grassroots, you know, wanting to be my own person type of, you know, law student. I never really wanted to do the firm thing anyway. So I just regrouped and I was like, you can do all this without that. and what are you, you know, I didn't waste any more time trying to do it after I just recentered in that. So 
don't get lost in <laughs> in law school. <laughs> right, right. Good for you. That's awesome. Do you have any yeah. siblings? I do. I have a younger sister who actually last, well, this year just finished from Xavier University, another HBCU in New Orleans. Nice. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So do you feel like, you know, in your, in your family and growing up, like where did the drive to do what you do and, and to have the courage to say to heck with the bar, what people told me I was supposed to do? Like, how did you get the courage to do that? Yeah. I think my mom just always told us to, you know, be true to what you want to do. You know, people yeah. are going to talk about you regardless. You know, if yeah. I would have passed the bar, I would have, you know, you <laughs> yeah, think you, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, or, you know, anything you say about law or about your career, then, you know, it'll be taken right. that way. But I guess it just was my mom, you know, being like, we love you with That's or nice. without, you know, a law license. You, how many people do you know that have finished law school, period, you know? Right. And so you should stand in your accomplishments and be proud of yourself. And you can get where you want to get if you remember where you want to be, not go, not right. leading someone else's path. So I guess I just was happy to have that support and moving forward. Yeah. That's great. So there's one other thing I want to ask you about, and I follow you on Instagram. Okay. Underneath your <laughs> environment stuff. Danger, danger, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on with Environista? And and how do you know how do you fit that into your your work and everything you're doing? Yeah. I was just talking to my friends. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to run a social media page when you're trying to do work too, because yeah. you know. Sometimes your hours are not 40 hours a week. Sometimes, you know, you're working a little longer. And especially, you know, within all this crazy pandemic. And even like for me a few months ago with all the racial uproar, it was heavy, you know, to try to do my job. And, you know, but I've been trying to take Environista. I've been plotting about how I'm going to take Environista to the next level. I just wanted to be a place where people who look like me and, you know, my age and, you know, who may not necessarily be engaged in what they feel like environmentalism is, because I feel like it's been such an exclusive type of movement. You know, you yeah, feel like yeah. if you're not this person or that person, you can't right. be involved. Right. And so I've been just trying to break down some of those barriers, especially those learning curves. Like some people don't even know what the EPA actually does for us. So I've been trying <laughs> to make posts about like, hey, this is what they're supposed to be doing, or this is just what this is called. You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm sure you've seen that. I've been like trying to Break down those walls. We can all do a little bit or even just understanding pushes you further in, you know, reaching that goal that we're all looking for. Absolutely. I think it's great. I love that you're still doing it. And (laughs) um, I am curious, though, you know, Nick and I are, especially me, are a little older and the NAP and our membership are definitely a little older. And, you know, as I mentioned to you before we started, you know, the NAP is very concerned and wants to be a part of and help promote environmental justice and get these conversations started and out there. What kind of, especially through the work that you've already done, like what kind of things do you see and what conversations need to happen in the environmental space between the older people and the younger people and from both sides, like what perspectives need to sort of come together? I think 
one big question. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge question. Yeah, right. So, so all problems in the world right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> go. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> but so I think one thing is a huge thing is understanding, you know, yeah. understanding that your generation was not like your mom's generation mm-hmm. and vice versa. I think about my grandma who, you know, was born in the 40s and she would tell us about how she would sneak to dances and stuff, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, right. well, if you were rebelling back then or if your parents didn't like your music back then, then you right. should understand why you might not like my music now, but it's yes. my music or yes. vice versa, you know, so I think the old school, only scientists can be a part of this or only, you know, this type of person can be a part of this has to go. I think we need to develop a more open racial lens. I think we have to understand that environmentalism is not just for rich white people who can afford (laughs) to buy a Tesla, you know, It's, (laughs) (laughs) it's for everybody. It affects everybody and it especially affects communities of color and low income communities because when we look at the data, they are the most vulnerable communities to the risks that are continuing to happen. So I think it's just about we all have to have an open mind, you know, and I think in order to get younger people involved, you have to show that you have an open mind. You have to show that you are not blocked off to the ideals that are now accepted to the world. I think we saw a lot of that happen in the presidential election. We saw a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Just people having to show like, yes, I'm 70 or whatever, but I have an understanding of what's going on to every generation of people. I think that's important. Yeah, those are, I mean, you're right on on all of those points. Nick and I were talking before this about the TV show, The Politician. Have you seen it? haven't. I haven't seen that. So it's on Netflix (laughs) Uh and it gets right to like the heart of this. It doesn't Mm -hmm. go into racial too much, Mm -hmm. but it really gets into the generational conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really love the way I didn't, it was really hard to get into, but I think one of the reasons, because the conversations and the situations they were showing could make you uncomfortable a little. Yeah. 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 and And it was a little bit like war of the roses at the beginning. That was a little bit like, rich white kids why do i care but but then it got better <laughs> and then it was more into and it ha- it showed demonstrated really well what you're talking about mm-hmm. about how these conversations should take place and yeah. how people can remember what it was like to be young and yeah. to really think about yeah. you know yeah. walk in their shoes like how was a young person who sees on the news the number of days left till this planet has gone to no return and then tell them that they need to make their LinkedIn page and go out and do something cool. (laughs) And it's like, what for? But only in this, in this way, only this way. Only. Yeah. 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 You know, I think about like the things that our parents or grandparents protested about, like, no, you know, I'm sure your parents were telling you not to go out and protest the Korean and Vietnam wars, but you were there, you know, I'm sure your parents were worried about you when you went out to these concerts or you, you know, (laughs) in the same ways, they're worried about us and they want the best for us. But you know, every generation has to find its own way. And yeah. this generation is very vocal. And yeah. a lot of that is because of social media. And oh, as yeah. much as people reject social media, social media is here to stay. And oh, you got to get yeah. with it or oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know what you're doing if you're not on social media. That's true. 
I mean, like, like my phone's right here. Like it's right here. It's Everyone's always, is. Right it's here. always yeah. pinging your watch, you know, yeah, exactly. everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The world She's like, Nick, forget your phone. Yeah, forget there. my phone. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's actually <laughs> in my brain. Uh, come on. Yeah, you gotta catch up, Nick. Uh, Neuralink, that's, you know, <laughs> right, wave right. of the future. Oh, yeah, watch the Neuralink thing and the pig and all of that. Yeah, um, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the next generation will be. And they will. Exactly, and I'll right? have to be okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's, right, that's right. gonna be your fight there. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, why are you putting I, that junk in your head? Is what, mm-hmm. It'll be literal, literally. But in, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can, I, I yeah. have uh, I have a question for you. So when I was in grad school, right, I went to for biology, but like mm-hmm. all of my friends thought that meant I was a doctor, right? So mm. they all asked me ridiculous, silly questions. <laughs> and I would love to know, like, like you have the law degree. So what are your friends asking you? And you're like, guys, come on. That's, that's not question. what I did. Oh, my God. First of all, everybody thinks that you learn every single law <laughs> in law <laughs> right, school. Right, right. Okay. Yes, and yes. I'm like, That's not the case, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, I can't help you with your laws in Alaska or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Florida. I live in Louisiana, and so I did not learn the specific law of your state. I've had people ask me about like speeding tickets and (laughs) how do I get my money back from these people? Can you write them a letter saying I'm suing them? I put your name down as my personal lawyer. Is that okay? No, (laughs) it's not. (laughs) So yeah, people think, like I said, people think, you know, you know everything. Can you right. help me? I'm thinking about getting a divorce. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, no, yeah. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't study family law. Even if I were practicing, right, right. Yeah. I studied environmental law. So, yeah. I mean, you got a leak <laughs> in your backyard. You worried that somebody <laughs> yeah. messing with your water, you know, like right, maybe yeah. I can help you there. But <laughs> I just have to refer them. I'm like. Oh, no, but here's this person. You should talk to them. They do this. Yeah. That's how <laughs> well, you at least, at least we know you're popular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. That was, that's great, yeah. <laughs> well, Asti, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing yeah. and sharing your insights for sure. Is yeah, there anything thanks. else you want to let people know where to find you or anything else you want to plug before we end? Sure, you can follow me at at Environista on Instagram. That's where I do most of my posting. So great. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Enjoy your lunch. I hear that yeah. it's almost finished, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, no. Yeah, just no, save some for me, especially. I'll, okay. I'm on, I'm on my way right now. Okay. Right, right. All right. Okay. We got a plate. Days. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for thinking of me. And um, this was really fun. So I hope it's turned out great. We'll stay in touch and maybe we'll talk again in the future. Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right. Well, that's our show today. Thank you so much to Asi Davis for joining us and for all of you listening at home. Please be sure to check us out next week when we interview Rana Spellacy, the NAP vice president. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.